when you do good work and you're patient and you're enthusiastic, it pays off and you get taken care of and the right things happen to you. Hey everyone, you're listening to Behind Two Blondes, the show that takes you behind the scenes of what it's really like pursuing your dreams. Every podcast has an opening song. This is ours. It's not very long. Chase, I think our opening song needs to be a little bit longer. I'm singing more of our opening song to intro our show called Behind Two Blondes. Hi everyone, my name's Chase O'Donnell. And I'm Savannah Brown. Together, we started a comedy duo called Two Blondes. Every week, Savannah and I will interview a successful 20-something who's pursuing their passion in an attempt to pick up some pointers of our own and hopefully inspire you to get out there and do the same. Today, we are interviewing Michelle Pelazon. Michelle is a certified health coach, holistic nutritionist, and health and wellness editor who started her own platform called Oh Holisticism. Oh, so cute. Her writing has been featured on Refinery29, Mashable, Darling Magazine, and the Huffington Post to name just a few. We can't wait to find out how she's gotten to this point and what better way to chat with Michelle than over brunch. Before we hop into our interview, I just kind of want to like go over what we're going to be eating for brunch because, you know, we interview our guests over brunch. Savannah, what's on the menu today? This is a good one. I mean, I had this last night and it's very filling. Brown butter gnocchi with mushrooms and Swiss chard. How was it? Gnocchi will get you through the whole day, so I highly suggest it for brunch. It is such a brunch meal. I actually think of it for dinner, but... Me too, but you go to bed too full. Yeah. So you should eat it for lunch. I mean, that sounds unbelievable. That is a meal straight from Blue Apron. If you'd like to dine like divas like us... What? Diva? <laughs> I don't know. It just sounded good. Then you can go to blueapron.com slash two blondes, spelled... T-O-O. And... Blue Apron will send you three free meals, including free shipping. So uh, take advantage of this offer. And by doing so, you're going to help out our podcast. So thank you. Thank you. Michelle. Hi, Michelle. <laughs> Hi. Hi, guys. Thanks for joining us. Cheers. So happy to be here. <laughs> We're doing a virtual cheers because Michelle is tuning in or joining us from uh, L.A. Yeah, I'm cheersing you with my smoothie right oh, now. What kind of smoothie? Give it to us. It's kind of a weird one because this was one of those days that I like started working really early from my pajamas, you know, in my bed and then looked in, around and it was like, you know, <laughs> six hours later. Um, so <laughs> I needed to eat something. So it's got like protein powder and green things and um, raspberries and collagen. Do you guys ever put collagen in your smoothies? Are you too young I, for that? I never. Now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so wow. I'm 29. Uh, this is a new development. I recently turned 29 <laughs> and um, collagen is supposed to, you know, it's anecdotally said to help with uh, fine lines and wrinkles when you ingest it orally, oh. um, but it's also really good for like your joints. So I put that in my smoothies, Oh wow. a little coconut milk. It's pretty good. I need the joint thing. I'm starting to feel it in everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really? I need the wrinkle thing. I mean, I do catering as my side job, so my body hurts a lot. <laughs> <laughs> the I did the catering thing, so I totally get you. Oh, you did. It's really hard on the body, man. Oh. It Savannah is, and heels. on your psyche, it's very difficult. Oh, yep, on your psyche, it's definitely, um, <laughs> it's, 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 it's rough dealing with people all day, every day. Yeah. <laughs> hospitality, hospitality. Oh, man. <laughs> Chase, what are you drinking? 
Oh, yeah. I'm drinking um, a mimosa. I thought you were just going to switch into a British accent for a second. No, no, that was my accent. You, I'm, you I'm drinking a mimosa. You're always drinking a mimosa. I know. It's, I'm overdrawn, like we said, and that's all I can afford. Gotcha. Orange juice. It's cheap. <laughs> it's what I have. It's what so, you have. Yes. It's what you have. I'm doing a champagne brunch punch. Oh. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> It's um, it's actually fruity. It has blueberries and strawberries in it, but it's very similar to a mimosa. With orange juice? No, no orange juice. So it's probably a little healthier. Oh. Yeah. There I don't you think go. It has orange juice. So that sounds taste fantastic. Like it. It's amazing. I'll find out if it has orange juice. <laughs> what's your uh, what's your favorite brunch spot? Do you have a favorite brunch spot, Michelle? Mm, that's a good one. In New York or in LA? Because I have lived in both. Oh. oh. You know either. <laughs> well, right now, I think in LA, it's Millie's Cafe, which is um, in Silver Lake and is like the greasiest, like nastiest looking diner from the outside. Not nasty, that's kind of mean to say, but it's like a greasy diner. And they have this thing, they're famous for the, this dish called their messes. And they have like an entire page of every, all these different types of quote unquote messes. And uh, they actually, like, half of them are vegan. And they're really oh. good. And it's like a mix. It looks like slop. It looks <laughs> disgusting. It's like eggs and cheese and bacon. And if it's vegan, it's all vegan things. Oh. And um, they like scramble it all together. And it's amazing. If you're in Silver Lake, you have to go. Can yeah. you take me next time we're in LA? Yeah. You, <laughs> yeah. you or Michelle? It's called Bailey's? Millie's. M-I-L-L-I-E-S. Great, yeah. I'm going. That's your next brunch drink, Bailey's. Yeah. I don't think it's a brunch drink. But... <laughs> <laughs> um, that's actually where London's living right now, so that's very close. Yeah, it's super close to her apartment. Ugh, I'm going to go. So uh, this is actually a great transition into how I know you because you were London's roommate all through college. Yes, yes. And I got... London is Chase's sister. Oh, yeah, London's my sister who we've interviewed on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you and London and Eric would do like dance video challenges or do you remember that <laughs> oh my god and i, I do remember compete. that i competed <laughs> I, do remember that. I remember it was there was a britney spears challenge that i mm-hmm. london had me do a video of i don't even yep. quite remember how what i really it was a it was a strange time for everyone but um <laughs> But yeah, so you were a dance major. Did you think that was that your plan at first to be a dancer? Um, yeah, for sure. I grew up dancing. So I grew up in Southern California and uh, I grew up doing ballet and was really good at it. Um, yeah, I, I can um, ballet. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I, yeah, I think after now I've gotten far enough away from that point in my life where I can I can say like, you know, I got I, obviously London too. We were really good enough to go to really NYU, good. right? Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah, so that's pretty good. And then I ended up having a career in dance. So I, I feel like I can say it pretty objectively. But yeah. um when I was seventeen I started having seizures and you know, up until that point, having a dance career is really is really tough, right? Especially when you're growing up. Um ballet dancers typically peak around age like maybe twenty three to twenty five. That's when they're gonna be like at their physical prime yeah so So when you're young like let's say you're 14 or 15 years old you're like oh shit I need to like be a professional in like three years Mm. basically so a lot of ballet dancers don't end up going to college and instead of they graduate from high school or even graduate you know get their GED sooner and try to be in a company at 
as young of an age as possible because you're working with such a limited time span. It's much like, it's a lot like acting, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I kind of was like wrestling with that, but I was also really academic um, and really love school and love learning. So I couldn't imagine not going to college, but I also couldn't imagine not dancing because it was the only career I'd ever wanted to do. Yeah. And um, when I was 17, I was a junior in high school, I started having seizures um, and they wow. really came out of the blue because I was a super healthy kid. So um, that kind of changed my, like pivoted my career path a little bit or my, my just general life path because now I had this lifelong disease that, you know, I went to so many doctors and no one could really tell me what was wrong with me. My brain looked totally normal. Wow. <laughs> Actually, it was unremarkable. That's what they told me, which is really disappointing. <laughs> um, but which that just means that it's, it's a normal brain. <laughs> like, you're not special. Um, and so they couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. And they just basically gave me a broad diagnosis of epilepsy, which is a seizure disorder. Mm. So um, I was put on medication. And then I spent the next year, like, while I was a senior in high school, um, thank God I did really well <laughs> in school earlier. I spent the next year cycling on and off medication and trying to figure out what could work for my body. Wow. Um, because, yeah, yeah, anticonvulsant drugs are pretty intense, especially I think the ones I was put on. Um, they're often used for people who have, to treat people who have bipolar disorder or schizophrenia. Um, in addition to being for people who have seizures. Wow. So they really affect you know, how your brain works and how you feel and how I'm you sure. show up and yeah. your personality. So that was really interesting. And, um, and you're a junior and, in high school at this point? Yeah, I just, I just like become a senior in high school by wow. the time I was on a regular medication. Yeah. Wow. And so that made it really clear that I was not going to have a normal life uh, the way that I thought that I was. And I was having these seizures and decided, okay, I'll go to school for dance and at least I'll have a degree. Mm -hmm. So if I can't, if, you know, it's already so, you'll, you're, it's already such slim luck that you'll become a professional dancer. Yeah. Um, and then add this like physical ailment that I have on top of it that's right. probably going to hold me back. Um, I was like, all right, I got to have a backup plan and like at least be a little bit realistic. Um, so yeah, the rest of the year I, I spent auditioning for schools and applying to schools and I had a seizure on the day of my Juilliard audition. No. I had a seizure on the day of my NYU audition. Oh my god! I couldn't go. So it definitely, I you know, I forget about that a lot because wow. it's like so far away from it now. But yeah, so like I couldn't go to my NYU audition and I had to end up like changing my flights to go to, I had to go to New York to physically audition because it was like, it didn't yeah. work out. I would have met London at the LA audition How if I had gone, funny. which is so funny. Yeah. But um, yeah, so it was just a really interesting, really crazy year. And um, by the time I fin finally got to NYU, I was just like, oh, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> like, maybe I could live, like, I just have to like keep my head above water and, and be healthy and, um, and do this thing. So yeah. So did you have to start? Long story short, I always thought I, I always thought I was going to be a dancer, but I never imagined myself doing anything but. Um, when you got to college, could you fix it? Was this something you could change? Oh, yeah. How's healthy? the story end? Yeah. Yeah, I got a good question. So um, London will tell, I mean, London will tell you, I'm sure. I took medication every single day. And Yeah, um, I remember now that you said that, I know she's had to, like, she was there when you had a few seizures. Yeah, I think so. And just like scary moments. I mean, so epilepsy, 
one in 10 people have a seizure disorder. So it's really common. And some people will have one seizure their life and they'll never have another one. Mm. Other people will have seizures, you know, every day of their life and it's not treatable with medication. Wow. I'm really lucky. I found medication that worked for me. And now at this point in my life, I found a protocol that works really well for me. Um, but before I have a seizure, I get this thing called an aura, which is a lot like if you get migraines, you've probably heard that word before. Yeah. Um, it's where one of your five senses acts up. So for me, I lose my hearing in a really interesting way. Some uh, people will get a taste in their mouth. Some people will see a visual aura like flickering or lights. Yeah. Um, other people will, will feel things in their body. And um, I, I lose my hearing. Um, it's really weird. Oh my <laughs> it, gosh. It's Michelle. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. So like, <laughs> it's actually crazy. a very interesting way that I lose my hearing and it's become something that's really important to me and my decision making process. Um, so when I do right before I'm about to have a seizure, let's say we're, we're sitting at a restaurant and I'm looking at you and you're talking to me. Mm -hmm. I'll see your, your mouth moving, but I won't be able to hear what you're saying. Yeah. And have you ever... You know, in movies, when like a psychic walks into the room and then like hears the thoughts of everyone in the room, they're like up and directly yeah. up in the air. Yeah. Okay. So that is kind of what happens. Wow. It's super weird and overwhelming. Um, it's like everyone in the room is talking to me directly into my inner ear and oh I can't really gosh. make out what they're saying. It's super intense. So that used to happen to me a lot and it would happen wow. in New York and it was really scary and there would be times where like I'd be with my friends and I'd be like I need to stop like I think I'm about to have a seizure because something like that would happen yeah and that's my only warning sign for like <laughs> you know get on the floor and, and like tell someone what's yeah, gonna happen to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so um so I have these little indicators that I kind of know like that's probably going to trigger me um, so I was taking medication every day and I did that for like three or four years and I tried to go off medication and then I had, had seizures again, but something that we did at NYU in our modern dance classes was that we'd basically do like an hour long meditation as our warm up. So we'd lay on the ground in, uh, in the beginning of class and we'd ground ourselves and we'd close our eyes and we'd breathe and we'd like basically do body mind centering and we yeah. got tapped into our bodies a lot. I mean, a lot of acting modalities use this too to just like get grounded and feel what's happening. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that the more I did that, the more my symptoms of my seizures went away and the more my seizures went away. Wow. That just proves it. Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. And I didn't really put it together at first. Um, and then I started to realize like, Oh, every time I'm home, I'm like way more likely to have a seizure or like when I don't do this practice, on a regular basis, like I noticed that I have more things yeah. happen to me. So um, that became really interesting to me and really got me, you know, it planted a seed of interest in holistic medicine and alternative forms of really healing the body in the ways that my doctors and neurologists, you know, at UCLA and USC had never even, you know, bothered to talk to me about. They just told me, you know, you're going to be on this medication, medication. every day. Yeah, and, yeah okay. until you die. Right. And, like, you might die in your sleep when you're really young and, like, no one will know uh, why you died. And, oh, like, good luck having kids and, like, all this crazy oh. stuff. Oh, my God. And then I started going to, you know, going to an acupuncturist or going to um, a body movement specialist or people who were taking alternative methods and approaches and they – really helped me so much and I immediately saw results and 
they opened my mind to like, you don't have to live your life like that if you don't want to. (laughs) If you want to be like that, you totally can. That's fine. It's your prerogative. But um, you don't have to accept that as your fate. Wow. So you were were going to these healers, but when – at what point in your 20s, I guess, after graduation, did you start realizing, wait, I can make this my profession as well? When was, when um, was the journey Good question. There? Yeah, so I graduated from school and I uh, graduated when I was 21 and immediately I got a contract with a company um, to dance part-time and so I had to get another part-time job. So I started working at Lululemon and it oh, was yes, awesome. Lulu. Great company. Yeah, a great company <laughs> and they give you free classes. Mm-hmm. And oh, they also, really? um, mm-hmm. yeah, they give you like this. free workout classes. Oh. And I started taking a lot more yoga and I had taken yoga with London. We'd really gotten into it when we were at school. And I noticed that it was also, again, really helpful, right? Really grounding, really centering, really yeah. meditative. And, um, I ended up while I was working at Lululemon, they subsidized a teacher training program for me. So I got mm. I went and went through teacher training. Um, wow. and that was really cool. They pay um, for it? Yeah, they paid for a lot of it, which oh, was awesome because really I was amazing. so poor. Like wow. I was so fucking poor for so long. Yeah. So um, that was really great. And I realized very quickly that I was a terrible yoga teacher, oh. but <laughs> like really terrible. But I knew all this stuff about the body and how the body worked because I was a dancer, mm-hmm. because I'd been injured before and I understood how injuries worked. And just, I think that some people, you know, we have an innate sense of understanding the body. Um, but you just do. You're Maybe you're born with it um, and feeling other people's pain yeah. or being able to understand like where it's coming from and why it's affecting them, you know, somatically or even psychosomatically. So yeah. I noticed that I was really good at helping people one-on-one. Um, so that got me really curious about like, okay, I'm not a good yoga teacher, but I'm clearly like, I know a lot about this stuff. I'm crazy passionate about nutrition and fe- like healing my own body and fixing my own brain. Um, I'm already doing all this research. Like I might as well go to like make myself more legit and people are asking me anyways like oh what should I eat how should I work out blah 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 so I went back to school and got um certified as a holistic nutritionist wow and were you yeah and and I did that that online yeah I did that I paid for that and I was still working was that through lululemon like you were Mm -mm, no no so I I I think I left lululemon at this point and I had moved into more of a like you know, wellness and training, um, in New York as opposed to teaching yoga. Uh So I helped develop this method, um, in Tribeca at a fitness studio and I was doing that and then I was dancing and then I just wanted to add to, you know, I was working with my clients one-on-one and I really wanted to add to what I was giving them on a daily basis. And, um, I was doing all this seriously. I would go home and I'd research for hours and hours about how the body worked and what foods were best and what nutrition supplements people needed. And, I just wanted to know more and um, I just wanted to be able to help people. So yeah, so I went back to school for nutrition and um, did that and it was really interesting. Um, And I went to IIN, which is the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. It's based in New York. Uh And this was um, probably five years ago. So I was around... 25 you were doing that online or you were going yeah okay 
Yeah, I did it online. It took about, I think it took nine months, maybe a little longer than that. But nutrition is um, constantly growing, right? So like you constantly have to be updating yourself. It's like medicine. Totally. Um, so yeah, there's always new information. Yeah. You and doctors, and, it's different. But I mean, you guys also have to always update yourself. Yeah, yeah. And really something that's really interesting is that, you know, MDs, they get one semester of Nutrition, nutrition 101. It's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, and um, and it's so important. I think that we really overlook, myself included, like the fact that I didn't eat today until right now. Um, we overlook like how much food impacts us. Yeah. Um, and we get really used to feeling really shitty, yeah. and we get really used to ignoring what our body is telling us. So, some of us are really lucky, like. I would say me and that we're extra sensitive and that what our body is telling us like, Hey, slow the fuck down or no, you're not trusting your intuition. It gives us really loud warnings. Like for me, that's when I have seizures is when I'm ignoring my intuition and I'm not treating my body. Well, it's like, fuck you. (laughs) I'm slowing you down. You're really like getting shut down. You're getting shut off until you learn your lesson. And, and that really keeps me from going too far off of, off track right which makes um, i'm lucky um but a lot of people they don't have that and um and they and as a result they end up feeling really really ill and getting really sick i told my mom recently i had like two drinks and the next day i had the worst hangover it was like two drinks of wine and i I really mean two drinks of wine and i woke up the next day and i was like i am so hungover and i only had two glasses and my mom goes you are so lucky that you feel that because it's your body telling you and I said but it sucks because people can have 10 drinks all night and they never, they're never sick and she goes it sucks. no that means you're really healthy and I want to like, get wasted <laughs> she's like no that really means it's you're true. healthy your body tells you something yeah it's very true and I think it's, it's true lucky to, it's like and I like that you have that spin on your seizures that yeah, you are calling right. it you know you're fortunate that you have that because then you know you're not treating your body right so that's a, a lovely way, way. yeah it. it's a good way to look at it this is just a quick reminder uh, that Blue Apron is our sponsor. And if you guys are enjoying this interview, please head over to blueapron.com slash two blondes to get three free meals on us, including shipping. It would help us out big time. Pretty please. With sugar on top. And a cherry. With a cherry and, and whipped cream. All stuff that you can get from Blue Apron. So thank you. You got your your degree in nutrition, and then from there, what were the oh steps? Oh, God, the story gets even more crazy. Oh, my okay, gosh. So, okay, we're ready. I hope that everyone listen, anyone listening to this is like, I hope that they're inspired by it because it just proves, proves to you that you can really have absolutely zero direction in your life, and you can still end up kind of okay. Oh, so my gosh. This, was, this is what I need I've to been, hear. <laughs> So I'd been dancing in New York, right? And I I did what I came to do. I got uh, written up in the New York Times. I like toured. I danced with companies. It was great. It was awesome. Whoa. Except it wasn't awesome. It was fucking terrible because the <laughs> dance world is terrible. great, but it pays absolutely no money and it's really small. And honestly, like not that many people are going to see dance because dance is, is really difficult. Um, it's not accessible and it's not inclusive yeah. um, in my opinion. So I was really disappointed by the dance world and not inspired by it. And also kind of, you know, had been in New York for eight years at this point. And was like, I'm so tired. I, I, I'm done. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I was training and I had these nutrition clients uh, in New York and in L.A. Because the studio that I worked at in 
New York was kind of had a high end clientele, so I had a couple celebrities and models and people like that oh, who were no on big both deal. Clubs. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I got the opportunity to come out and open the studio here on the West Coast. And I was, you know, 24 turning 25. And I was going to be basically running a business. Um, you know, it's kind of how it was sold to me. Like I'd be a co like a co-owner. Yeah. Wow. And um, I was like, okay, great. I'm from California. Like that's where I need to be. And at this point in my life, um, around the same time, I went through a really, really, really horrible breakup. I went, I one of my cousins died of an overdose oh and then gosh. a really dear friend also died in like a fatal, a really scary car accident. Oh my and it was like all this stuff happened at one time and I really felt the call to be home yeah. and I didn't know, you know, nothing was really making me happy in my life. And I thought, well, maybe it's because all this stuff's happened and I just need to go home and I need to kind of rebuild and, and go from there. Yeah. So I moved back to California I set up the studio. I did all the work of, you know, for starting a brick and mortar business, um, opened it, ran it from like, you know, 5 a.m. to uh, 9 o'clock at night every wow. single day. Had zero friends. Uh, <laughs> did that for six months. Oh my um, did a lot of work. And, you know, I woke up at the end of that and was like, I'm miserable. I can't do this. Yeah. So I can't sustain this lifestyle. And, I'm also not helping everyone that I want to help. I'm like helping people get skinny, uh, you know, like, and that's not, that like doesn't speak to me and that's uh -huh. not the impact that I want to leave on this world. Yeah. Um, I want to do something bigger than that. So I quit. I quit everything. Oh. I had no friends. I had, I was living with my parents at the time and I had no job and I was like, I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Are you so 26 at this point? 25, 25, 25. Yeah. Okay. Go and on. so I set my, I kind of sat for a little while, you know, before I quit, I was like, all right, I'm going to have to figure out how to do something. Um, and I sent my app, my resume to like 35 different startups because I figured I need to learn how to run a business because I'd never worked for a real company before, had a real job. Um, and I also didn't want to go to business school, but I wanted to understand how business worked. And I also really wanted space to decide what to do next and not feel pressured by not having money or um, being in a job that I really hated that wasn't paying me well. So I figured, well, I could work at a corporate job and like learn some practical skills and be a little bored maybe on a day-to-day -day basis, but at least that will give me time and space to figure out what I want to do because I'd been so busy and so, you know, basically like overcome with passion for all of my jobs that I essentially had burned myself out. Yeah. And I just needed like something bland for a little while. Mm -hmm. So I wrote a, a very sad resume um, <laughs> and I sent it to like, I have you know, one of those. 35, one of those. Yeah. <laughs> Got a couple three. of those. <laughs> <laughs> and I basically heard from like, you know, 2% of those, those companies mm -hmm. I heard back from and I had some weird job interviews. And then I, I got really lucky. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And I um, I got a job at a startup and I was like the 10th employee or something. Oh, wow. And yeah. And they, it was a tiny little office in West Hollywood. And I found an apartment the next week across the street from the office. Mm -hmm. And I took the job. And so Congrats. what I did. Thanks. That was, that was four and a half <laughs> yeah. years ago. So um, that's how I got into tech. 
and started working in the startup industry. And it was really fascinating because there's no rules in the startup world, which is another really, yeah, yeah, it's legit insane. Like Silicon Valley, the show, it's really, really, really a lot like that. (laughs) (laughs) I just went to a startup to cater and they had LaCroix in their um, vending machines. And they're all just hanging out, talking on the floor. Oh, yeah. It's not even that crazy. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's like, it it was so bizarre. It was such an interesting world. And I learned a lot for sure. I learned that you don't have to be smart or that good at anything to be successful. Oh, great. I learned that you are, you you can, no one knows what they're doing. Absolutely no one knows what they're doing. You said you don't have to be smart. Savannah goes, oh, Oh, great. great. (laughs) <laughs> you don't have to be, don't have to be good at anything. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> here we go. Yeah, you don't have to be smart. Oh, great. Perfect. Okay, <laughs> so, <sorry>. go on. <laughs> yeah, and like you don't have to know what you're doing. You just have to be bold and just go for it and kind of um, ask for forgiveness, not permission. Yeah. And I was really like, okay, I could do that. Like, I obviously don't know anything. Like, I don't know how to make an Excel spreadsheet. I guess. I'll I'll learn. Learn. taught myself how to do stuff on Google and YouTube yep. for like the first six months. Yep. And I would ask for help a lot. And if I, if I was like, okay, even I should know that I would Google it. Yeah. Um, but it was great. And I learned so much. But the thing that I noticed was that the female leadership in the startup world that I saw, I worked for, you know, a couple female co-founders. I've worked at a few companies in the startup world. Mm-hmm. Um, it just wasn't, it wasn't what I, the type of leader I wanted to be. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I really felt like they were kind of like women, like men in skirts, like these, these leaders, oh. these female leaders, they, they felt really masculine to me and it didn't really feel like they were being authentic to who they were as people. It felt like someone, some investor had come in and told them how to act yeah. And they were like, okay, I'll act like that. Yeah. And as a result, they weren't that good at their jobs. Like mm-hmm. they weren't, they weren't inspiring and they were really difficult and a lot of people didn't like them. And um, on top of that, they weren't really producing great numbers. So it's one thing if your leadership style is shitty, but you're effective. It's another thing if your leadership style is shitty and you're not that good at your job. Yeah. So I was kind of like confused as to what to do because yeah. I saw all these female leaders around me who were not living up to what they said they they were. You know, they were in the press as these amazing champions of feminine energy and like you know, female leaders. Um, and on in a lot of examples, they were actually worse than their male counterparts, and they were not helping other women up. In fact, they were sabotaging the women who were below them. And I just thought that was totally crazy and weird. And um, I think that that's a like old learned behavior from many, many years ago, especially like that idea of scarcity. Like there's yeah. not enough for everyone to be successful. Yeah. That's a really, that's old. That's yeah. an, a dated thought. I hate and that I think, idea. Yeah. yeah, I never believed in that. Even if like we're going for the same role in a production and you look exactly like me and like we dance the same or we act the same, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. There's still enough for everyone. There like there's, is. You have to just believe that because there is. is. And if there's not enough right now, well, go create it. Yeah. Like, go make your own opportunity, and then there will be enough for everyone. And, I mean, that's how Chase and I started. We thought we were a competition because we looked and acted the same way in an audition room. But (laughs) in reality, you're so different. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Everyone has their own thing that they can bring to the table. 
Absolutely. Totally. So I was looking around like, wait, what the fuck? These people are supposed to be my friends and like they're supposed to be my mentors, but actually they're kind of horrible and I don't want to be anything like them. So yee, what do I do? Yeah. And I kind of like talked to my, the people I was working with and they felt the same way. These, the women I was surrounded by. And I, I really wrestled with that idea for a while because you know, you don't want to work towards something that isn't what you want. <laughs> and I was right. working towards, you know, getting higher and higher in this world. And I really wasn't that interested in what anyone had to offer me. Um, so along that, you know, route, I got offered a job a couple of years ago as the editorial director of a website. And what I do in startups is I do branding and writing. So uh-huh. I parlayed my first job as kind of a Jill of all trades where I answered emails from clients and I sent out, um, I created content and I created branding and I did copywriting. So I did all of the word stuff and then I ended up moving over to another startup where I was able to use my degree as a nutritionist and do nutrition writing and do a lot of editorial writing in that space. Okay. And so I kind of, that's, that's kind of the path that I followed in the startup world. I'm definitely not a tech person or a programmer. I am totally the more humanist side of tech. Um, but I got a job as an editorial director and, um, I kind of got to write whatever I wanted, which was awesome. And I decided that I wanted to start a column about female women who were like bosses, basically, who were balancing being women and being intuitive intuitive and empathetic human beings with being really successful humans and um, kind of like dancing the hustle and the flow together. Yeah. yeah. And and learning from them because I it was totally selfish. I was like, teach me how to do what you're doing. <laughs> like, how is this happening? Yeah. So um, I started interviewing women and I'd reach out and I'd say like, hey, I'm writing a story and I want to get five million eyes on what you're up to. Can you wow. meet me for coffee? And, and you interviewed yes. like Gigi Hadid. Am I am yeah. I making that up? I got to interview Bella. Yeah, it was very cool. Bella Hadid. Yeah. <laughs> She's wow. really pretty in real life. She's super fun. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's like kind of annoying. And this honestly. was kind of you yeah. just cold calling, but emailing, just reaching out to people? Yeah, I had, I was really lucky because I had this email behind my name of the company I was working for. So um, it was recognizable enough and had a, uh-huh. a big enough following that people were like, oh, yeah, I'll listen to you. Not random person kind of yeah. random person. Um, and so I'd go and meet up with people and grab coffee and just talk and interview them and hear their story. And, you know, my little sixth sense of my epilepsy of that, you know, I told you before that I lose my hearing when I'm about to have a yeah. seizure. But another thing that happens to me when I'm not about to have a seizure, when I'm actually like getting kind of maybe like a message or um, that's a weird thing to say, but like kind of um, an signal an extra ping a ping from like the universe or something uh-huh. is i got weird things happening happen to my hearing um either i hear like echoes or i lose my hearing in just one ear or i'll hear like a really high-pitched tone huh. or buzzing and that's a sign for me that i need to really pay attention and focus to what's happening around me because it's um it's like a message yeah so when that would happen, when I was with someone, I would know, like, oh, this is an important person. Like, I need oh, to wow. listen to exactly what they're saying. I know it sounds so weird it right and crazy. Now? It's even <laughs> weird for me. <laughs> My ears have been buzzing the whole time oh, we've been good, talking. Good. I'm so glad. <laughs> no, I but, totally, um, I d- that doesn't sound weird to me because I, I believe in I all that so much. I wonder if we all just need so to listen much. to ourselves more. Yeah. 
like listen like oh yeah listen, like listen. we all yeah i think we all have little little intuitive quirks. yeah that yeah. that maybe it's a chill that runs up your spine or maybe it's Oof. a feeling or like a deep sense of knowing or um i don't know or like a smell maybe you smell roses or something like that when you when you know you're getting a message just depends on who you are and what what resonates with you but um yeah so i ended up interviewing all these really great women and um the interview typically would start out really normal um where i'd ask you know boring questions um and i kept expecting when i tried to figure out like what made them such good leaders and good humans i i thought like oh maybe they'll all have read the same book or like gone to tony robbins course or (laughs) something boring like that and um Interestingly enough, all these women, inevitably, our conversation would lead to a point where they'd come clean about the fact that they were actually, like, kind of spiritual. Not in, like, a God way, but, like, um, trying to understand consciousness. Yeah. Yeah. So Meditation. Yeah. Or, like, really into crystals or really into horoscopes. And that was actually what made them so – that was – that really changed their worldview – and how they interacted with the world around them. Mm-hmm. So um, I remember like talking to some woman and she was like, yeah, I'm not like a hippie, but I went to India and I did this yoga teacher training retreat and it completely changed the way that I talk to my team and how I communicate with the world. And yeah. I could never tell my boss that like, oh, we should write off this yoga teacher training because it was the best, you know, corporate leadership um, like training I possibly could have gone to. But it totally changed how she showed up at work and made her better at her job. Yeah. And then there are other women who are like, oh, yeah, I put like a crystal in my bra before I have a really important meeting. (laughs) Uh Um, And like, who knows if that works or not, but it just makes me feel better. And it makes me feel more grounded. And and maybe it's the crystal or maybe it's just that ritual. Mm -hmm. But I always kill it whenever I do that. Or, you know, even weirder things. People going to shamans or seeing healers or... um, you know, a bunch of a bunch of stuff, or or women who who hired specifically based off of like people's astrology and their natal chart, and would say like, oh, you know, I know it, a lot of people don't put a lot of uh, they they don't really take horoscopes seriously, but when I understand the person's sign, it helps me relate to them and it makes me more empathetic to who they are and how they show up. Yeah. As opposed to being annoyed by the fact that they're a cancer and that makes them really emotional. Instead of being like, oh, don't cry again. Right. I'm like, oh, she's a, she's a cancer. She's just an emotional person. Like, yeah. I get it. And um, I thought that was so cool. And I also noticed that these women, you know, they were kicking ass in everything that they were doing. Um, they weren't just like spiritual people. They were also really invested in changing the world. Um, but they were really nervous to talk about these weird practices that they had. Right, because it's almost taboo. They, or it's like, totally. oh, you are you are a hippie if you do that, or kind of... Totally. Yeah. And going to take you seriously. And that resonated with me so much because I did not tell people I had epilepsy for almost... I mean, I told my very close friends, but I didn't tell any... I didn't tell people. I would yeah. never have gone on a podcast and said it. Right. And I certainly didn't tell people that... I didn't take medication anymore because I'd fixed myself through like holistic Breathing practice. And, yeah. So you don't have yeah. to use it at all anymore. I'm really, really lucky in the fact that, yeah, I don't take medication anymore. Wow. Knock on wood. Oh. And I've been off of it for six years and I've been seizure free for six years. Wow. So, it. Michelle. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's great. And I mean, it's also it, like even makes me nervous to talk about it right now. Yeah, knock on wood. Yeah, knock on wood. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, um, I totally resonated with the fact that they were this thing that made them so special, their consciousness and their willingness to be open to like these holistic and mystic practices um, was what made them so good at their work was also what they were really, really scared to talk about and mm-hmm. could be like considered their Achilles heel. Right. Yeah. Um, and I just wanted to shed light on it because if it helps them, it's probably going to help more people, right? Yes. And I also wanted to take the taboo nature out of it. I wanted it to be more normal. And I wanted them to have a place to talk about their weird stuff with other people, but also talk about really grounded stuff like, okay, how do I raise money for my company? How do I um, go work at a startup? How do I deal with men in the workplace who are like, being sexually aggressive and how do I do that in a way that still aligns with who I am in my private life and how I show up in the world Yeah. Um, and balancing the two because I really think that like we're, we're a lot of us are missing that and craving it. So was um, this the, um, this is how you started then. Oh, holisticism. Was that? You got the, it. Like, yeah. Bingo. Yeah. So holistic- bingo, bingo. Exactly. Bingo, bongo. Nailed it. <laughs> yeah. So I was like meeting all these cool women and I was like, okay, fuck, what am I supposed to do with this? Because I want to help them, but like, what can I do? I'm poor. Like I can't buy them things or like do nice things for them or have parties for them, but I am a writer so I can like write them something Yeah. <laughs> and I can write them something fun. Like I can write them a blog or I could write them an email that they'll enjoy getting and Maybe I'll like get a gift at the end of every email that, you know, someone maybe will donate it, like a free cup of coffee or a yoga class or an event. Is this the newsletter? Yeah. This is the newsletter. Tell us how we all can get this newsletter. Yeah. So you can go on ohholisticism.com and holisticism is spelled H-O-L-I-S-T-I-C-I-S-M.com. We're going to put a link to that in the (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) And then you just apply and, um, the application isn't meant to be like exclusive or anything yeah. or elitist. It's really more because how often do we consciously decide to sign up for something anymore? Yeah, um, or invite sign you up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, like, how often do we consent mutually consent I like to spend time together and to uh, to be there for each other? Oh, so it's a mutual agreement. Uh, yeah, exactly. So that's kind of how it came to be, and it started with a hundred women. It started with the women that I'd interviewed, and I was like. Wow. I want to make this for you and I want you to connect to each other because you're all fucking cool yeah. and you can help each other. And um, I hope it's okay. I just want to send you an email every week. And they were like, yeah, don't be weird. Just send it. Don't be and weird. So I started sending it and uh, that was in June of last year. And then, you know, they started to add their friends and their friends started to add their friends. And I really didn't think we were going to get more than like maybe 150 people on this email list. And now we have like close to 2,000 women across the world. No who are I know you, you, you are in charge of your business and you're doing you. So how do you organize your day each day? Like what's a day in the life for you? Oh, yeah, you're oh, that's such a good question. So holisticism first off doesn't make any money. That was wow. my, my intention when I first started it was that it was free content and it was just a gift. Wow. So, um, yeah, so I do it for free and, oh my gosh. um, we do events too. So we do those. Um, so I have a full-time job as a consultant and I consult with startups oh. and I do content for them. So I have companies that I work with and I work from home. Um, so typically I wake up at like five. Oh my um, God. 8 a.m. That's a.m. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. And I'll do like 
two hours by myself, five or six, depends. And I'll, I'll basically go through all the stuff that I need to do to like get in the right headspace. And I've, I've really tried a lot of different things for workflow, uh, cause I am a writer, so I have to be creative and I have to kind of respect the creative process. Um, but I also have KPIs that I have to hit. So I need to deliver content to people at the end of the day. Yeah. So it's a, it's a weird kind of, you know, um, going between the two worlds of mm-hmm. being mechanical versus being artistic. Um, but what's worked best for me is to take two hours in the morning to really like dial in and do the things that I want to do. So mm-hmm. I meditate or sometimes I'll make myself like a tea ceremony um, and just like pour tea and enjoy it and try to be as mindful about it as I can. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes I pull a card. So like if I'm feeling very witchy, I'll pull like a tarot card yeah. or um, – <laughs> another type of like animal spirit card and I'll read what that has to say to me and try to get offer a different perspective on my day. Yeah. So be really intentional. Do you feel like um, that just kind of gives you direction in a way, uh, like a weird totally, way? Just kind of totally because I'm also OCD about my schedule and I'm typically scheduled, you know, by every five minutes um, throughout my day. I don't have a lot Chase of free- O'Donnell. I know. Is, we're very similar, Michelle. You, everything you're saying, I'm just like, oh, keep talking. Oh, my God. Chase, is, <laughs> Chase loves a deadline but also can't have a clear – But so I also have trouble – like, I would love to wake up at 5 a.m. and meditate, but I don't, I don't have the self-discipline. So <laughs> yeah, that's something I need to work on. I mean, like, today I was so tired because I was up really late for a deadline last night. Like, I was up till, like, 1. And I was like, I'm not waking up at 5 to meditate. I'll just fall right back asleep. So yeah. I slept until 6. Because Good for you. Honestly, you slept until like, 6. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I know it sounds so silly. But oh. you, you can't be so rigid with yourself, right? Because yeah. Um, then you stop growing. And yeah. you need to be flexible because growth happens and yeah. life happens. And what your rituals that work for you won't work for you forever. And that's great. Mm, they should change. Change um, is good. Yeah. So, yeah, I usually take two hours in the morning to, like, settle myself, drink my coffee, go through, do my weird shit. And work out. Um, maybe read a book. Yeah, I work out sometimes. Um, I'm training for a half marathon right now. So I'm getting back into working out. Um, wow. And she listens then, to her body. Yeah, listen to your body. To, she does when she doesn't, she doesn't. Yeah, you sound like a superhero to me. This sounds all amazing. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah, and then I spend the rest of my day. It depends. Sometimes I'll go see my clients. Um, I work from home, so I try to do at least one meeting out, or else I am a crazy person who, like, doesn't leave their house and just does work. I can't stay home Um, all day. I go insane. Yeah, totally. And I'm, like, I have a really cute dog, so it's, like, me and my really cute dog. Yeah. It's just like I really wouldn't leave unless I had meetings scheduled. Yeah. Um. I'll typically do a couple phone calls as well. Um. And I do the holisticism phone calls on specific days because I noticed that it really, although it's wonderful, it really cuts into my productivity because I have to hop on a call with someone. And um, I'll typically have like three or four scheduled back to back. And um, if I have them interspersed throughout the day, I just don't get anything done. So um, I had to learn that the hard way. Yeah. <laughs> have them on set days and Mm -hmm. then yeah I'll usually work on a client for about an hour and a half um just update with the project or the deadline and then um I'll typically try to respond to emails I usually have an auto responder on my email because um it really gives me anxiety to have a full inbox me too I can't even have one email I I love your autoresponder I read (laughs) every email therefore 
I'll get back yeah, to well, you. I'm going to do this because you see me. I get really anxious yeah. if I have too many emails. I will read it. Totally. I will just get back to you oh. when I've read it. Yeah. I love yeah. That. yeah. It gives me a little bit of a buffer. I say like 24 to 72 hours. I need to do this every I, trip. Every trip I take because yeah. my poor husband. No, don't even so do annoying. it. Do it on like days that you're busy too. Great. Like just it gives you, it, it lets people know that you received their message, yeah. that you're on it. Yeah. And I, I include like links and a couple of fun things to read of like oh. while you're waiting you can like check yeah. this shit out. Stop. Like what I'm up to or like oh, hey, this is why I'm so fucking busy right now because I just launched this project or I have this event right now. Because I'm really so, um, really into the like night mode on my phone recently because it mm-hmm. just stops notifying me. Like I, I need to watch TV with my husband and give him time out of my yeah. my day like just an hour of my time and it is kind of rude if I just can't turn off my phone. Like people, totally. can, people can wait. People can wait. wait. Yeah, that's people a great idea to actually, because I feel like it makes sense because it's your business, but even if it's just you, it's okay no, to. She's holistic. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I'm literally going to be, I'm going to be texting this girl all the time. Like, Michelle, I need nine hours of sleep. Is that bad? I'm listening to myself. <laughs> I need nine hours. I think that's okay. I'm listening to my body. I think that's totally fine. Listen I'm to your body. Oh. In Denmark, they only have four-hour workdays. Oh, my Denmark. God. Yeah. Stop because they, they found that people are only productive for four hours, four hours a day. I could see it. So, like, so why are we trying to fit in 12 hours of work that's every so single true. day? If we're really only productive for four hours. We might as well own up to it. We might as well. And be like, yo, I'm going to get so much shit done in this next four hours, and then I'm going to enjoy my life. Oh, enjoy Instead it. of, like, spreading that four hours of work out over 12 hours, right? Yeah. <laughs> There's no point. So do you no. plan on continuing working your full-time job, or I know you've been doing Reiki, or, like, are you trying mm. to get into other um, jobs to supplement? What am I trying to say, too? Like... Um, yeah, good. I get what you're do saying. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So <laughs> holisticism has kind of grown into something that like I really didn't imagine. Here, when I started it, I was like, oh, this will just be a fun thing that I'll spend like every Sunday night doing. Mm-hmm. And it really quickly turned into something that was a 40 hours a week commitment. Wow. And like that was really cool because mm-hmm. it proved to me that there was demand and that there was actually a nugget of an idea here that people were interested in and people yeah. wanted. And my only job and responsibility is to listen and understand what people need and respond appropriately. So that is what I try to do. And if holisticism ends up scaling and being something else, that's a, that's actually a business that makes money that, you know, I can buy dog food because I'm making enough <laughs> money for it. Like yeah. fantastic. And that would be really cool. And I have a couple ideas for what I want to do, uh-huh. but if it doesn't, then it's fine because yeah. it's perfect as is. And I'm, you know, this past year has really proven to me that when you do good work and you're patient and you're enthusiastic, it pays off and you get taken care of and the right things happen to you. And so that's just kind of been my mantra. Savannah's taking notes. I got to recap this for our (laughs) listeners. They're really good. Because everything you're saying is so powerful. When you do good work and you're... (laughs) I agree. And not, and really doing what you do well. Um, And being impeccable with your word is really important and um i don't do things that i don't want that i'm not interested in so i have a teacher lacy phillips and she says if it's not a if it's not a hell yes it's a no i mean it's not i don't think that's her original quote oh, i, I love that other though. people who have said that it's but it's yes, a really it's a no. <laughs> really good yeah it's like if i don't want to do this 
I'm not fucking doing it. Like I only have limited time on this planet. Yeah. I want to enjoy it and I want to like <laughs> I want to be good and I and I want to make other people feel good. And yeah. if I am miserable at the work that I'm doing, then I can't do that. Mm-hmm. So, um no, I probably won't work with clients forever. I really would love to make focus on holisticism more and make it more of a thing so it can help more people and and you know, have more of a reach, um, in a way that's organic and feels really natural and good and creative. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of, you know, life happens to you in really interesting ways. And 10 years ago, I never would have thought that this would be my life. Yeah. I think about that all the time. Um, I'm just, I feel really just again, so lucky. (laughs) So if it ended tomorrow, I would be proud and excited to move on to the next thing and if it goes on for longer fantastic (laughs) wow well i feel like that's a perfect place to wrap this conversation up with a bow she needs no direction she's got the she's got the beginning middle end with the wrap up oh yeah we didn't even need to ask you questions really you just you gave it to us this is everything we needed to know but everyone needs to follow her yeah seriously everyone you have two instagrams that we want you to follow i do do. oh it's so embarrassing yeah well i have my personal instagram and then this is so I'm so old so (laughs) I was so resistant to having an Instagram for holisticism because Uh I was like fuck that I don't even want to be on the internet like Uh I want it to be (laughs) a newsletter in underground that like only cool people know about it only the people who are supposed to know about it know about it yeah I don't even want to be able to google it and then I was like okay now I'm just kind of being a Luddite like for no reason I I need to like embrace it so I bought the website and like started the website in November and started the Instagram in November and I very begrudgingly post on Instagram so um I would appreciate if you, if you like it yay yeah <laughs> it's um oh holisticism on Instagram correct no just at holisticism yes. at, holistic. at holisticism yeah a little easier a little easier and then oh. better by Michelle and then my better. personal Instagram if you are really interested in learning more about my dog and oh, that's, that's where amazing. I actually found out about Lacey Phillips was through you and she's become my like she's so fast isn't she yeah so michelle posts amazing things everyone should definitely and your website is oh holisticism you got it girl right oh holisticism holisticism. i'm following you right now you're gonna get a follow by me right now thank you so so much we really can't thank you for having me it was so much fun of course we'll talk soon (laughs) and we wish you all the best with um your your ventures our show and now we're saying so long tune in next time on behind two blondes the behind two blondes podcast is brought to you by fou studios and recorded at face off unlimited headquarters in astoria queens the show was created and written by chase o'donnell and savannah brown this episode was produced and edited by chase o'donnell executive producers are joe tex jay painter and eric robinson fou studios is a property of face off unlimited llc I'm Brian Walters, the senior producer here, and on behalf of everybody who worked on this show, we'd like to thank you, the listeners, for tuning in. Subscribe to catch all of our other podcasts here on the FOU Studios Podcast Network. To learn more, connect with us via social media at FOU Studios and visit us at FOUstudios.com. Boom! Boom.